Welcome back to this show, Cosmic Conduits with Jesse Turner and Danica Venus Morningstar Prasad. Isn't Venus Morningstar the same thing? No. It's not? They're two different words. But aren't they this? Isn't that like saying stupid idiot? Those, I would say stupid idiot. Yeah, because you're a stupid idiot. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. No one should say that. Those two words mean the same thing. Not necessarily. Is Venus the morning star? Yes. Well, then yes, it does. All right, guys, I'm going to take over this episode because Danica doesn't know English, apparently. So today I have some cool questions planned for Danica. She has no idea what I'm about to ask her. But I wanted to open up something that I believe she is good at and good with. And I was hoping she could endow us with her beautiful wisdom. Are you ready, Danica? Yeah, I love it. Insult me, then praise me. That works really well for oh, me. Oh, it's just, it's all about balance. Yeah, you know, it's Balance so is the t- time-tested lesson that we're preaching at the moment. <sighs> Danica, what is your relationship with boundaries? Interesting question. You have 30 seconds on the clock. Boundaries. 25. First and foremost, I believe that boundaries relate to your energetic shield. For me... So personal space. Personal space, exactly. So this is the way that I... Rick and Morty reference. It's a Rick and Morty reference. Never mind. Only Rick and Morty watchers will understand that. Okay. Personal space and energetic shield, also known as the aura. Yeah, I guess. But also just on a physiological level, like where is your energy at? Do you feel like it's with you or away from you? Is your nervous system in a state of calm or stress? Are you well fed, well nourished, well slept? And do you feel safe in a moment to articulate yourself with ease and with clarity and I believe that is linked to all other states of being mental emotional spiritual physical so for me as well it's I used to think of a boundary as being a really clear distinction between self and other and articulating that distinction like hey I'm putting up a wall here but I've learned to think of it more like a gradient. Again, it helps to think about it like an aura, like a, like you said, like an energetic shield where it's not about black and white, me and them. It's about me extending out into my world and my world extending back out into me or to let, let me allowing my world back in towards me, but with a state, with a sense of regulation. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you see it as a energetic um, bubble first and foremost. Or exchange, which... not bubble. That's what I want to make a clear distinction between not a bubble, mm-hmm. a, an exchange or like a gradient sphere. So it's not a clear like, oh, now I'm in Danica's space and now I'm not. It's like, I'm starting to feel Danica here. And if I get closer, I feel her more. And if I get further away, I start to feel more of everything else. You know what I mean? It's like a fluctuating... Yeah, like a transient kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so then when did you start to make this shift between boundaries being like something that separates you from somebody or something versus it's an energetic, uh, introspective state? 
I don't know if, if state's the right word there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that resonates. So first of all, I feel that when I have in the past experienced a an overstepped boundary or when I have overextended myself and I have not been clear in that articulation of my energy, I've either been too forceful or too passive. And that guided me back to my state of regulation in each moment, my sense of safety and security in each moment. And particularly when I'm present with another, how do I stay with myself and not take on their stuff, not be too deeply infused with their energy, but still be able to share my heart and feel theirs. And again, that for me personally, just because I've experienced anxiety and a lot of stress in my body that just comes down to regulation. But I recently started thinking of it more as like that transient gradient. Um, thanks to a friend who I wish I could share the words specifically. They're written somewhere in my journal, but um, yeah, she described it as less about, yeah, you know, me versus them and more about that, the water flowing from both sides into the same pool, same ocean. That's cool. Yeah. If you have any other questions, I'd love to get into them. But just before we do, what is your intention for asking or how have you been reflecting on boundaries lately? And what has been your experience with boundaries? Boundaries is a personal thing that I've been thinking about for at least a couple of weeks now. They are reflective of my specific intentions and goals in my lifetime. And I've been using them in a very, at least in my mind, in a very, I guess, linear regard. Unlike the way you've sort of evolved your perspective on them, me, I've been using them to sort of distinguish between what I have and what I want and what's in the way of me getting there and how to move forward in a way that honors my own heart, my own soul's journey and honors, you know, what my greater goal is. And that's why I'm asking, because uh, a lot of the time I enjoy, I guess this is a side tangent, but I definitely enjoy socializing so much, but I often enjoy it so much that I forget myself. I'll realize, oh, I've needed to pee for 45 minutes, or I haven't eaten a, a bite of food, and this is a dinner party, and I've just been talking. And I, I, I love that to some extent, because you lose yourself amongst everyone and it's enjoyable but what i've been focusing on in the last maybe year when it comes to boundaries in terms of social situations is trying to keep awareness in my body trying to keep energy in my body trying to be able to feel my entire body whilst i'm present with everybody else and i can't specifically speak to the fact that it's helped a lot or hasn't helped a lot it's still an, a new habit that I'm trying to ingrain. So the uh, results are not in yet, so to speak. I love, I love this and I love this journey for you because it's very fascinating for me to hear you going through the same journey that I have been moving through and still am moving through from an extrovert's perspective. And what's really interesting is that as an introvert, I do also lose myself in the presence of others, but from a place of being too hyper aware of yourself of myself and spiraling into that you know so it must be scary it's very it's 
very scary. It really is. You can be your own worst enemy. And then if you spiral into that and then you're around everyone else, they're like, what's up with that girl? She's fucking weird. A hundred percent. That's been so much of my life. And it's, mm. um, yeah. And so beautiful to come at it, such a necessary journey from two very different perspectives. Um, but I think this is where we can really live with an open heart in the presence of others which is when we are so settled within ourselves. it's not about retreating from the people that are with you it's it's about yeah i really believe being with them from a more regulated state i think it comes down to regulation how do that's you need one. to regulate that's a huge one oftentimes i don't feel the need to regulate if i lose myself but there are other times where i'll need to do something else like Oh, I've been sitting for three hours and I can't feel my bottom. I've been, I've need, I need to get up and make a phone call, which I've been forgetting about because I need to, I've just been enjoying com- conversing with everybody. Mm-hmm. There's so many little things like that, but regulation is the first one. Mm-hmm. I guess as an extrovert, socializing is regulating for me. Whereas as an introvert, or if anyone's prone to having any kind of social anxiety, the first thing you'll notice is your heart rate starts to speed up as you come in the presence of multiple people, right? Yeah, but I, I, you've, you've mentioned that distinction in our own personal conversations a few times before and, and I still to this day disagree with it because I am too charged up by juicy conversations mm. and other people's presence and company. So I think that it doesn't work like that. It's not like I'm an extrovert, so I'm charged up by people. You're an introvert, so you're depleted by other people. I think that I go away to recharge on my own, but it doesn't mean that I am depleting in the presence of others. I think when I use the word regulation, I'm also talking about tending to our needs, mm, tending to our that's, needs That's a better word in the presence yeah. of others, because I think it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm here. I need to be here. I need to be here. I need to be here. It's like, yeah, but how can I be more fully here? If I've made that phone call, if I've been like, hey, can I just step away for two minutes? Something's on my mind. I need to just make a phone call and come back to it or go to the bathroom in peace so you can be more fully present. Like, because even though we feel like we are in that flow with the, with the company of another, I feel like having those peripheral discomforts, like you said, sitting in one place for too long, that, that is a need to regulate because the body is not meant to be in a stagnant posture for a prolonged period of time. Mm. That to me is regulation. Get up, move your body, have a stretch, drink some water, have a pee, come back. It's true. Um, I, guess, I guess the longer you do that, you end up more and more subconsciously stressed out. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good word for it. I typically don't use that word for it but it's definitely true it definitely makes sense because nervous system regulation your nerve is going your nervous system is going out of control in some way slowly and then after three hours your blood is bursting yeah and so interesting as well how for you regulation is more of like attending to those long-term needs where mine is in every moment when i'm in the presence of another relax your body take deep breaths Mm. relax your body take deep breaths over and over like it's so simple for me because I will get up and move and I will go make a phone call but I but I yeah for me it's that underlying state of anxiety that I need to tend to Mm. which is there in all moments I'll tell you what just to talk about the extrovert versus introvert thing I don't know that I necessarily believe in that as I've gotten older I've come to realize that Sometimes I could go to a gathering and be completely depleted. And then I realized it was more the company that I was around. It was more 
this is sort of a weird um, analogy here, but like it was more like the hats I had to wear in that situation. Like you don't go and talk about, you know, sexual rude things to your grandmother. You know what I mean? So you got to be the nice good boy. Not that I have a grandmother, but you understand how one can wear multiple hats, right? So if, you're your, if you are your authentic self, then you may not get as depleted as if you're trying to, I guess, be the good boy to the grandmother or be that to someone else's grandma or whatever it is. I don't know. This is not based off a specific example. But when you feel free to be yourself, you're less likely to be depleted. And so someone who, like me, perhaps used to or maybe does in certain situations identify as a extrovert, even though I don't like that identification, um, it's becoming more and more aware to me that it depends on the company. It depends on the people. It depends on the nature of the conversations. It depends on how much I feel in flow state communicating. Yeah. So that's, yeah, the whole extrovert introvert argument. It's, it's based off of tendencies. I don't think it's a real box category thing that you can put everyone into. Yeah. I think it's a spectrum, like lots of things. Yes, totally agree. A couple of things to what you said. Um, I believe that conversations with certain kinds of people or certain settings can be dysregulating. So sometimes to regulate is to come away from that situation Mm. because we're not fully comfortable to be ourselves in the presence of others or we're not being received well or they've just got some dank energy and that is dysregulating. Um, Also, yeah, another difference between you and I is that you're a multiple hat wearer, whereas I'm a big believer in just being who I am fully integrated, fully embodied. That for me is huge. I really do not believe that humans need to fragment themselves in order to relate to people in different settings. So for example, with the grandma example, it's not about talking dirty to your grandma. It's about being respectful because we are inherently respectful but then being able to have a laugh. I used to have a mad laugh with granny. Your granny was cool though. No, it doesn't mean... But you, you, I can go into flow state conversations with old ladies. They love a dirty joke. They love it. It's about giving everyone that you're in the presence of full opportunity to receive you in your wholeness. But that comes from when you... Again, when you're in a state of complete integration and regulation then you can read the person in front of you. And it's not that, oh, I better not say those things and I should speak more about this. It's just about feeling into where they're at and responding from that space within yourself. But you can still bring all of yourself. You can still drop in a cheeky line. You can still get really deep and meaningful. And if they're not resonating, it's okay to still drop into that and be who you are. Like I, we, you and I have discussed a lot about people pleasing tendencies and I've you've got them a lot more than I do and I used to be more on the other side which is like I don't give a crap but I I don't relate to that at all actually I don't think I was too much on that side of the spectrum but maybe I, I used to think or say that to myself like I don't care what other people think I just gotta be myself but I think it's the middle ground to be like I just am I just am always with everyone. Stop it. I am. Yeah. Stop the train of thought. Don't, yes. don't let it fall too heavily to one extreme. And that's um, been my practice to battle anxiety. Like that mm, has worked, man. It's worked to like not be afraid to be any aspect of myself in this situation. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, it's inspiring to all other people who have 
social anxiety or who have worked through that or with that in their life. But also people-pleasing tendencies, right? Like- That's a big one that I must have downloaded from my parents. Um, they run a service-based trade. And so their whole life is the way they make money is revolvent around pe- uh, people-pleasing. That's their job. So as a kid, of course, you grow up downloading that stuff. And yeah, that's one thing I've been working with almost my whole life. And unfortunately, when that's what you're role modeled, it does make you have to put on different hats. And different hats are peculiar. What I've tried to do recently is change the way I see different hats, right? It's more um, that if I'm at a party, I can speak to this guy about audio because we both love audio, this guy about personal development and books because we both love personal development, then these three guys will just talk absolute trash because we love talking trash and it's hilarious. And then I'll talk to someone on the back about yoga. That to me is wearing different hats because there's a very different demeanor and energy. And I'm seeing it a bit a bit like Jim Carrey sees everything as everything is a kind of an act. Even you being your authentic self is still an act in some way. And why are you making that face? Because <laughs> <laughs> my gums are swollen and I'm giving myself space to breathe. Okay. I was like, what the fuck is that face, <laughs> I've dude? inflated, for, for reference, I've inflated my left cheek like a balloon. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the big like balloon popping face. <laughs> and someone pokes your cheek and you go... <laughs> anyway, so I was just trying to talk about something really deep and Danica was making this face <laughs> and I desperately wanted to pop her cheeks, but I couldn't do it. She's like a meter away. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Appreciate that. So what I was saying is that I've tried to redefine wearing different hats as just carrying different demeanors forward and sharing different aspects of myself with different people who are willing to receive it in the way in the way that I'm willing to embody it and with the level of depth that I like to go into that they also like to go into with that particular thing. Jim Carrey sees everything as, as a kind of act and that has helped me a lot. You know, it's really helped me to... I've, I've even once found myself bouncing back and forth between um, like a deeply spiritual conversation and then an insanely um, funny and shit-talking kind of conversation. And I think we try to do that on this podcast all the time and most of the time we fail, but we try <laughs> and that's what's important. I don't try though. I'm just... Oh, I'm just awesome all the time. I don't even I'm try. I'm glad you think it's awesome because... I didn't say that. I was just trying to put on your voice. No, you were, you were implying that I'm awesome and I am and thank you. I'll take it. Um, it was so but this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, How awesome Because we've are. also had this conversation about the <laughs> podcast, right? Where it's like you have a more formal linear approach and I'm more like, oh, I'm just going to jump on and talk about whatever. But this is why we can have a podcast. Of course This is, is the good thing because you're talking to me and I'm talking to you and them. Yes. Yes. But I've seen different podcasts. But I know they're listening. Yeah. I've seen different podcasters focus more on the listeners and different podcasters focus more on the conversation. They're both successful podcasters. It's just, I think it's more how you are as a person. Not you in particular, but like the, the various um, people on the spectrum who are successful podcasters with different focuses. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. You need two different, two very different thinking communicators to make a podcast. And then a whole lot of trash. If you're us. <laughs> anyway, Danica's currently massaging her neck with a crystal. <laughs> um, and the weather outside is sunny. Tops of 31 degrees. It's a little bit windy. 45 knots. Southerly winds. 
And uh, thank you for watching. Are they watching? Let's ask them. Let's ask them something. Okay, listeners, I'm speaking to you directly now, okay? Do you want to see videos of this podcast? Because Danica's nodding her head. She really hates the idea. I'm shaking my head. I'm not nodding. She's nodding. I'm not nodding. She's like, yes, please. Can we do this? I'm nodding up and down. And I'm saying, look, I don't necessarily want to put videos out of this because it's a fucking effort. No, we're not doing videos. We sit at different ends of the room. We're always wearing daggy clothes. I'm always lounging on the bed. I look fantastic. Making funny faces and smashing crystals on my shoulder. I know, but some people have been requesting to see that. That's why... That's why I'm asking. Okay, look, if there's one listener out there who wants to see that, please message either of us privately and we'll, we, will, we will take uh, We will your not suggestions. accommodate you. Danica will not, but I will convince her to maybe consider it if <laughs> yeah. it's something you want. You will convince me to maybe consider it. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, back to boundaries, right? I thought you were wrapping up the episode. Everybody believes in boundaries to some extent. Whether it's, you know, Trump saying build a wall or it's the very fact that your front door has a house, your front door is a separation or a boundary or a barrier between you and your belongings and your personal space and the outside world. So if that's the case, then boundaries are based off of a spectrum. Everyone believes in them, but I think... How you articulate them and experience them, it differs from person to person. Yes. Like homeless people don't have that luxury. They don't get personal. They might get personal space when they sleep. But generally speaking, if you're homeless and you live in the city, most of the time, 5, 10, 20,000 people walk by you a day. And I, I don't think that boundaries are something that people think about in that regards a lot. Can you imagine how intimate it is to be in bed by yourself in a room and you're sleeping and you're rolling over and no one's watching you. But imagine doing that on the street. Mm. Boundaries are tested constantly Mm. and and division or rather the illusions that divide human beings are there to create boundaries and put all these people in this box and then all these people in that box. The nature of this plane of existence is that we are separate from one another in some physical way and so boundaries are a necessary component of this existence cell membranes skin fences walls this is all it all has to be to be but it's again like you said like how do you choose to enforce how do you choose to experience for some people the barbed wire fences to their paddocks they're totally happy for kids to jump over and pick a shroom or two Mm. for others it's electric fences they've got no animals it's just do not 15 guard dogs yeah 15 (laughs) guard dogs do not enter my property Mm. but yeah do you think people who have those kinds of that kind of protection are more free in their life or more fearful more fearful i I see it with my neighbors Mm. i see it with my neighbors They've put up more fences since we've known them, more and more fences. They've gotten more and more secure with their existence mm. and you can see it on their faces and feel it in their energy. So it's not even that the more you have, the more you're scared of losing. It's just that fear takes over you and then you feel an inherent need to protect and to preserve. That's a crazy one, ma'am. Mm. That's a crazy one. I do think though that the nature of this reality is that we're all in different bodies, but we're all absolutely connected oh of course and that's an energetic thing 
Yes, and that's why I say on the plane of reality. But, I mean, sorry, on the plane of physicality, on we physicality. are separate. Yeah. But, but all the, all the amazing things that, that humans have done in terms of like connecting with a random animal on the street or something. Yeah. I've, I've watched this video recently where this guy was out in like a snowy forest and he puts his hand out and then like five or six different hummingbirds come up mm. to him and just feed off whatever he's holding. Mm. And th- th- there's a voiceover speech over the top of this. And he says something like, because I'm a human being in my body, and I am connected to nature. I can do these things purely with the power of my mind and the power of the feeling in my body. So what he was saying was he was able to tap into a specific state where he feels like there is no difference and there is no separation yeah. between him and that bird. That's the transient boundary that I speak to, right? Because he mm. still haven't has enough of a sense of self and the birds still have a, enough of a sense of other for them to sit on his hand. But it's the, it's the energetic unity that brings them together. Because mm. in the same way that I look at you and I see one being, not seven trillion gazillion cells, mm. um, you are both. You are many, many different cells and organs and bacteria and microbes. And you are also one entity. Mm. And it's the, it's the same thing with everything. It's all singular and the same as everything else all yeah. at once. And it's yeah. the way each one of your individual cells functions in your body is, yes, they're individual cells, but they function together. In unison. In unison. Like and that's what birds. we do with each other, like a yeah. flock of birds. They all move like in the same motions and they just other. know where to go because they're in flow yeah and human beings can think up like ocean. that too schools of fish are the yeah. same they're always in a stream like almost perfectly aligned with each other yeah and it's, it's like it's when beautiful you go to, to a, acknowledge yes it's like when you go to a festival with five eight thousand people and you've mm. got a group of six friends and you all split up and you all just come back together 3.75 hours later and just walk calmly towards each other at the same spot in the Mm. same moment that for me is the same thing being in flow being in sync with people who are on a similar life path and journey Mm. i think in those moments where you know you suddenly see your friends after like a hundred thousand people are in that audience and you all happen to walk to the same place i think in those moments there's no separation um even in the mind, not, not of like, Hey, that's her. She's in her body. She's over there. It's just that you start walking and there's a very clear lack of thought related to, to the self, right? Related to, or a version of a self. It's, it's just like, ah, oh, here we are. Yeah. Ah, oh, here we are. And, and none of the people who ended up in that moment finding each other in a crowd of 100,000 people with no predetermined planning, none of you had any singular-based egoic thoughts in any moment. Nothing like, I'm hungry. I'm feeling a bit cold. Anything with the eye, right? You, know, you all happen to, at the same time, have none of those thoughts and just wander to some place. And then- but sometimes you do have the thoughts. It's the thoughts that brings you back together with people. Like, hey, I'm really cold right now. I'm a little bit hungry. I want to go get a rich hot chocolate. And you start walking to the hot chocolate stand and there's your people. It's, yeah, because yeah, like, they're all, you're all freezing. You're all tapped in. No, but it's like you're all tapped in. It's like... It's you're all you all have your distinctly variant 
purposes, mm. but you come together in that because we are all just different aspects of the same thing, doing our own thing, but still aligning within that. We are still being individuals that come together to become one. Yes, I, I can see how there's many different versions of this, right? So you could use the cold, you could use, I wanted a hot dog. And of course my friend likes hot dogs too. So we ended up here and I just bumped into them no, again. No, but it's not that they weren't even getting a hot dog. You just happened to walk that way and they're standing on the top of the mm. hill where the hot chocolate stand is. And it's got nothing for them to do with hot chocolate. They've just come out of a three and a half hour DNM and they're like, oh my gosh, let's go see what the light of sun looks like. Mm. And then someone else has just been dancing and then they dance their way to the top of the hill. Like it's everyone's on their own wavelength right so you're just talking wavelengths converge they converge because you all have some kind of similar trajectory yes there's a meeting point that's unplanned but it's just there yes that's cool yeah i'm curious as to um those people who go out into the wild i don't know if you've seen these people go out into south africa and just like play with these wild animals like play with things that could eat them alive or stomp them to death and just interact with them. And I'm wondering what's going on in their mind. If it's similar to what that guy was talking about with the hummingbirds, or if it's more along the lines of there's no thought, mm -hmm. or if it's, he has one specific, or he or she has one specific thought that helps connect them to that presence. And then, you know what I mean? Like, is there yeah. this focus on the, uh, the animal they're trying to connect with? And there's just this love and connection and a, sp a few thoughts that amplify that or is it the quietest stillest mind that allows the animal to see you not as a predator not as a fearful creature but just as another being that wants to interact i believe i believe again there's a spectrum i believe that multiple people can have different things leading them to the same experience and the same communion with spirit some people are more mind-based some people are more body-based some people are really emotional some people just have an empty mind and a yes. profound connection to spirit. Mm. You and I have come together. Our lives have intertwined and I'm very physical and cognitive and you're quite emotional and spiritual. Like you, you have a quieter mind and you live more from the heart. Whereas I have quite a loud, prominent mind and I'm very grounded in my physical body, but we still flow together mm. and we can still come to the same outcome intention. Um, from very different spaces. Yes, that's true. We've noticed that as well. Sometimes um, I've noticed, this is a hilarious thing. I don't know if there's some science to back this up. When you're deeply entrenched in thoughts, your head gets hot. Like just the part where your brain is gets heated. Oh my dude, your head turns into a fucking oven. It's insane. I experience you know i have and sometimes do experience a version of suffering when i feel my own version of that when the thoughts are racing i'm used to a pretty quiet mind and recently the topic of boundaries has led my mind to become quite busy i've noticed <laughs> <laughs> hence the discussion right here right now it's beautiful yeah i mean this is this this podcast works to help us and anyone else who might be experiencing something similar mm. at any time you know they could go back to episode eight as we release episode 30 and then maybe that's what they align with it's a cool thing podcasting it is a cool thing you get reeled in by a title but you never know what to expect yeah 
sometimes I've clicked on podcast episodes. I'm like, oh, this title sounds fantastic. This is everything I want to hear right now. And then I'll listen to the whole thing, waiting for it to, to, to speak on things that, that it just didn't end up like going. something else was more impactful to you maybe, or I don't know what it was. I was, I was allured by, by, by the title and they didn't go into it in the way that I would have hoped. Yeah. Or maybe they did and it just didn't affect me personally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that sucked. And then the episode, uh, credit song start to play. I was like, that was it. What the hell? So yeah, it's just interesting. Like, resonating with people and people resonating with words that lead them to hear things that hopefully help them. It's really intriguing and it's not always a bang on thing, but I guess most of the time it is. Can we tell Jesse's been up in his mind recently? Can you guys tell? (laughs) Call 1-800. I can tell if you can tell. Anyway, let's, uh, did you want to add anything else, Danny? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you if you could, um, speak to some of the deeper themes of what's playing out for you in your life right now. For example, we've spoken to boundaries. We've spoken to um, people pleasing, self, like tending to self. Yes. Um, yes. How yes. would these? How do these things come together in the journey that you're moving through right now? And is there anything else that you would add to it? Yeah. So because you're um, still in the thick of this. For for. In some regard, yes, but I don't feel, at least right now, you know, yesterday was a different situation. I don't feel um, weighed down by weighed it. down by it too much. It was pretty bad a few days ago. Ultimately, um, it's been situations regarding people pleasing, boundaries, and then, and then being honest with people in my life as a result of being able to get really honest with myself. And getting honest with myself actually meant sitting down and writing stuff out and having conversations, hearing different perspectives and figuring out where do I see value and where do I see the potential, you know? Potential is not value. That's one thing I want to make very clear. Potential is an imagined situation that your brain goes and sees based on if they did this, 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 and that. And if this happened, and if this happened, and if this happened, this person or this situation would be fucking fantastic. That is an illusion. It is imaginative. And while I love the imagination, and I find it so important, potential is such a, it's such a harmful word because it fabricates a fake existence. That's such a huge insight. And I think that recognizing that is what has helped you action. Yeah. Your life right now. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the inciting things. Huge. Just because something has potential doesn't mean it's going to be great. Lots of things have potential, but not everything is great. Otherwise, if everything was great, then great things wouldn't be great. I don't know if that was worded well, but I'm going to move forward. (laughs) Uh, Those are the main themes. People pleasing, getting honest with myself, establishing boundaries, and realizing potential versus value. And this is something that, that I love to think about. But boundaries sometimes means being honest with yourself and then being honest with another. And the other person might not be ready to hear that. Or the other situation that comes up might not be favorable to you establishing a boundary. So a boundary is something that you do for yourself. And I am still trying to learn how to do this in a healthy 
grounded and loving way. And I think that's the main, that's at least this time as I was like doing automatic writing and reflecting on this deeply, I came to realize that you really, really have to be loving. And if you're not received well, when you're lovingly instilling boundaries, then, then it's, it's, it's even more a testament to why the boundary had to go up. Amazing. This is beautiful. I love the clarity here. Loving is the key word, I feel. In everything. Though. Yes. Yeah. And I believe that when you tell the truth and set a boundary with another person from a loving space, even if in the short term it negatively impacts the other, I think that it serves both in the long run. I really believe this. It's true. I had one of my most profound um, life-changing experiences that started with somebody else putting up a boundary, Mm -hmm. which affected me deeply. But to this day, I would thank them for it because it it made me find this ferocity to grow myself and to expand my own capabilities. And if they hadn't established that boundary, I may not be as the same person I am right now or as, as, as what's the word diverse in my knowing of whatever it is as, as multi-talented as skilled as you are now compared to back then yeah where you would have been now um yeah we've both we've both had a week of asserting ourselves with boundaries yours has just been a more all-encompassing magnanimous experience and mine was literally one phone call where I was like super lovingly you don't need me for this yeah, you got this. You got this. You got this. Yeah, that's and that's sweet. But but it was still abrupt, and I felt the other person having that moment of like, uh, ex- excuse me, I don't got this. That's why I'm coming to you. And I was mm. like, Nabu, you got this. Yeah, you don't need me. Mm. And did you make the suggestion like, you know, you can call me before we, I can help you? And I did. I did, nice. and I also yeah, cool. sat on the phone and sent out a bunch of resources to get them started along the way. Champion. But. I, and I do firmly believe that this has happened to me in the past when I've set boundaries from that space. I have seen the other person grow exponentially, like outgrow me in some ways. I've seen, I've seen That's it awesome. happen because I was able to tell them like, yeah, I need to move away from this and do my own thing. Mm. You do what you want to do. Mm. And you're setting two people free, whether they experience that or not is their journey. It's quite beautiful to think that, you know, you and the other, right? Those are the two people involved and you both grow from one of you putting up this energetic barrier, which is not necessarily a wall to say, don't call me. But there's this this wall saying, hey, I'm just not going to help you with this. But if you're loving, which you were, you were able to say, Go do this, go do that. Here's some resources. That's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, like that is, that's loving. That's loving. That's because, because that shows you care about them and you want them to succeed. Yes. And also trying to deliver the message like, hey, I'm self-regulating by doing this. Mm. I am tending think, to my needs. Do you think the other person is able to see that when, when you're putting the boundary up, at least in your situation or even speaking generally? Yes. In my, in my situation, they have been able to see that. Um, and also because I am setting the boundary from a loving and regulated space in the moment, they can see that that is serving me. Nice. But 
not from a place of being selfish. No, because you obviously were selfless. You gave them resources, you gave them time, and you'll continue to do that if they ask. Yeah. That's loving. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes um, the boundary goes up and it's like, I, I can't deliver my time and energy to this. And you, you almost have nothing to give them. And to do that in a loving way is... Because if, if the boundary is your time and energy... Um, then all you can give them is your love and your personal connection or any resources that help them on that path, just like you did. It's a very specific thing, but to do it all, every version of it lovingly is the challenge and uh, keeping love as the policy. Um, anytime you have to assert yourself, anytime you have to do something that you might find challenging, doing it with love is always the key. And uh, it became apparent to me as I was channeling this, like, Focus on love, focus on love, focus on love, focus on love. That was the only thing that I kept coming back to because it's so easy to look at the doom and gloom and shitty side of a situation and just phrase it as doom and gloomy as you perceive it when you're missing all the love that's there. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if someone's coming to you for a service or you're going to them for a service or you're friends with them or you work together or you know each other, there's still a version of love or respect, even if it's the respect or love that you'd give to a, just a fellow human being or, or your best friend. You know, it's the same. There's still love that's foundational. There's, there's different degrees of depth, but coming at it with love, that's a, it's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing. I didn't know you had uh, given resources in that situation. I think that's even more a testament to bringing love to the table. Yeah, and I think that when you navigate it from that space of not only giving love I think it depends on where you are at with the boundary like if you're setting a firm boundary and you know it might trigger others really infusing that delivery with love and then if you're setting a boundary because you're you're super frazzled and you you like you desperately need to regulate or I don't know but I think it's also like being open to receiving love from others, not mm. being fearful in that boundary, like staying with an open heart and, yeah, and appreciating that people might give you love and support back. Can you receive that mm. while still articulating the boundary? So keeping mm. your heart open. Mm. I think that's what being loving means. It's true. But I, I think a lot of people put up boundaries from a place of dysregulation. Exactly. And that's and that, quite and, common. But let it, I wish we could distinguish in everyday phrasing between boundaries and walls, right? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's well said. I've I've had boundaries instilled on me from dysregulation. And if you're, you know, aspiring to be wise, even those situations, even those situations where you may have not been given the respect or due diligence you may have felt you deserved, even those situations should make you grow. Yes. But if you're being given it with if you're being given it with love, then Hopefully, hopefully you can grow from that. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's yeah. hard to say. It, it depends on the person and their perception of life, love, and their universe. True. And, and their level of attachment as well. That would be very indicative. If they blow up in your face and say, well, fuck you, because whatever, whatever, whatever. That definitely shows a certain level of attachment and then lack of emotional maturity. And then also, like, I guess it depends what the boundary is. You know, if you steal someone's car, they're going to, they're going to get mad at you. But at the same time, it's like, you have to know in yourself that they're doing this for themselves and vice versa. Yeah. That's a hard uh, perspective to be in 
if you're just having, you know, your walls broken down in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard when one party is triggered or both parties, even worse. It's what, really what do you recommend doing in that situation? I've, 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 I've come up with a little policy for one or two people being triggered, but I want to hear yours first. I'm still not good at this, this aspect of it because I feel like I'm good until I'm triggered. And then when I'm triggered, I fly off the rails a little bit. It's like a volcano erupts in your mind and, uh, it's not even a volcano because there's rumbling and there's like, you can tell the volcano is going to erupt. It's just like someone stepping on a landmine. It's like, a, it's a beautiful stroll in the forest, but you just step, you make one wrong step and now someone's blown their leg off. <laughs> this is how being triggered works for me. Um, I've seen it come across in many different ways in people. Yeah. Some people get triggered and they get really quiet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's an overcompensation or like, they're plotting their murder. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah. But look, I, I think everyone gets overheated when they're triggered though. Of to course. Some, to, some extent. to some extent. But go on. So I want to hear your answer. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I would aspire towards is like a taking deep breaths, B staying, trying to stay settled in my body. Um, C lowering my voice and D possibly most important of all, coming back to the vibration of love because I think no matter what you're moving through in life if you can somehow hold the vibration of love in your mind heart body aura you are casting a spell you are affecting you are positively affecting your environment from the inner to the outer it is such a strong vibration it is a healing vibration and I really believe that anything you move through with love makes things better nice i love that speaking of moving through things with love i um would love to move a bowel movement through me at this point in time is there anything else you wanted to add before i perhaps go and sit down and lovingly release this beautiful shapely warm energy that no longer serves me as I establish my boundary between me and my waist, between me and what goes in the bowl. Guess not. <laughs> <laughs>